Hello and welcome back to another episode of Binge List and Box Office Hits, the podcast about all things film, TV and streaming, with your host, Shannon Holiday, and me, Letitia Thomas. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Binge List and Box Office Hits, the podcast about all things film, TV and streaming. I'm your host, Shannon Holiday, and I'm joined once again, finally back in the studio, Letitia Thomas. Back in the studio, back at your kitchen table. Look, let's... It's professional over here. We're trying to make it sound professional, but it is back in the, the kitchen area of my apartment. Yep. But this is the closest thing we've got to a studio that we're going to record in. It is, and I am back. You're as back. You just said, yes. How was your trip away for about a month and a bit? Uh, very fun. Um, got up to quite a few shenanigans. Lost my phone in the ocean. Threw my phone in the ocean. Uh, yeah, you did. Had a celebrity encounter. Very brief. That's right. You saw Haley Atwell. I saw Haley Atwell. What else did we get up to? You Whole got, bunch of stuff. You where did you go? So where, where which countries did you go did, to? Did Greece did all of like the mainland old stuff, not Sparta, but like everything else kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Did a uh, couple Greek islands. Yep. And then we went to Italy and we did like a bunch of Italy. We mm. went to a Wes Anderson cafe. That was pretty cool. I haven't seen the photos or anything of that. So no, I, might ask I you, don't have a did lot. Did you not get any? I've got some. I'll show you in a second. Yeah, like later after this. Yeah. Um, and I'll post some. But basically, we um, yeah, we're in Milan. Had nothing to do. We're just like. Googling what's doing Milan. Mm. Um, and there was a Wes Anderson cafe and we went hunting for it. It's kind of out of the way, but it's in like a a big cinema yep. area where they have festivals. I didn't know this. Um, and yeah, Wes Anderson just designed a cafe. So it looks like it's, it's kind of, yeah, it was so fun. Is it like all the pastel colours? Mm-hmm. Is everything symmetrical in there as well? Like uh, all like even down? Yeah, and, and the cakes are just gorgeous. Yeah. It's a photo of me and a tiramisu. I might find I'm it I'm just thinking you. like Grand Budapest Hotel kind of Yeah, aesthetics. it's so, and they all have to wear like uniforms as if they're oh, in. yeah. Yeah, it's so fantastic. cool. And I'm kind of mad because they kept having posters for a, um, like a, a big cool like Wes Anderson screening for Asteroid City. But oh, that, um, that was because the film's not out there yet. Or I think it might be now, but it wasn't. Really? Yeah. Because we got it delayed I know. anyway, which is like a month or two behind mm-hmm. the American These release. are bad photos because these are film ones, but that's my tiramisu. Okay, that's pretty That's pretty fantastic. And then they have pinball machines. Nice. And um, Definitely the aesthetics oh, that you think of when you see a Wes Anderson. I will post these photos on yeah, our Just so thing. other people so can people see people know what we're talking about Shannon looking right at them now. on a phone. Um, sorry. <laughs> Um, what would you be your favorite thing from the trip? I definitely loved all of the old stuff in Greece. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it just it's just insane. Just the his- the history. I love that kind of and thing. And it as just well. feels just knowing how long they've been there. It feels mystical still. Yeah. Exactly. All these places because it's just so quiet and I want to go back, but anyway. That is definitely on my list of places to go. For mm-hmm. me, I think it's Japan next. I completely unrelated. I just want to see. I love the culture. I just think I haven't gone yet. I know a bunch of people who have. I think that's my next trip. But then, you know, hist- historical stuff after that. We'll see. It'll be fun. It'll All be right. fun. Anyway, back to our scheduled programming. We'll actually get cracking into it because I don't think this one will probably go as long as the saga that was Ben's documentaries episode. I listened to that one. Did anyone else listen to it? Tell us what you thought. It's actually got nearly one of the highest viewership episodes. So props Please don't to, tell him pro- that. Props to Ben <laughs> that he's actually up there in the I think the top seven listens of episodes. That's very rude. Yeah. Um look I think he did very well. And I will I'll keep say, talking longer now if that's what you guys want. I will talk for hours. Yeah, they want to hear more about us and our personalities. And that's what will happen in the next couple of weeks, months, years with this podcast. We're gonna really push our personalities out there and make this a thing. Mum, stop listening. Um <laughs> Uh, I do want to have a shout out to everyone that um, helped out with the podcast while you're away. Um, it wouldn't have been successful in the past basically two months without the assistance of everyone that kind of chipped in while you're away. It was really, really heartfelt that everyone kind of, you know, helped out while they could. It was yeah, really, no, it was thank really great. you to everyone who was on when I was away. I did listen to them in various Places. parts of airports and long train journeys and stuff like that so it was cool to listen to it while I was away and I was kind of like those moments where I was like no but I have an opinion I have something to say see that's what I get feedback Um, from when people listen to our episodes is like I know but I'm like I listen along and I want to say something and I'm like uh I have an interjection. (laughs) (laughs) And you probably did. (laughs) I'm like I have lots to say I've watched a lot of these documentaries. The um the the 
hardest one for me, the biggest struggle was definitely doing the episode by myself. Lost. I listened Lost. to that one. As long like obviously I've I know like I know the stuff, but the fact that I had absolutely no one to bounce off of, no one to give an alternative opinion or like something to segue into next was very difficult. You truly experienced screaming into the void. I really did. I was talking to myself for an hour. It was <laughs> a really weird experience. And um, I did that just before I had a work conference too. So I recorded that on, I think, the Saturday night. And literally the next day I had an early flight up to Cairns. So I had to record and then edit. And I was editing up until I think it was past midnight. Hadn't packed or anything yet. So I was doing that at well into like 1 a.m. And so I had to get up at 6 or 7 the next day and get on a flight. So I was a bit fr- <laughs> just all over the place that weekend. Uh, so I'm very glad you're back and this is going to be back to the regular schedule. Program. Yeah, I listened to that one. I think I was going to Cincatere, which I've definitely mispronounced. So someone come and tell me how to really pronounce that. Um, <laughs> and I was just, yeah, for about an hour and a half just listening to you and I was frantically taking notes on where we can take this podcast yeah which i'm glad interesting, we'll go um, through that as well we've got plans interesting hour journey on that train i know listening to you talk about lost look I, know I think i got lost halfway and then i came back i did the best i could you did very like well make, make it as you know simple english as possible i think i did okay considering i think it was fantastic thank you i just got lost halfway through lost uh, should we get into what we've been watching yes, this past let's, week? Yes, mine's sort of a week and a half because I didn't yeah, record last week. That's so fine. I was I catching that, up. I did that a week before when we had a break two weeks. So uh, do you want to crack into your first one? Sure, I can do that. So yeah. I got back and I was very, very excited that I could finally watch Sex Education Season 4. Mm-hmm. I was dying overseas. Um, when been- we were in Italy, there was a bunch of – like their subway stations, mm. a bunch of sex education posters everywhere mm-hmm. and me and Nadia – Kept being like, oh, no, we don't want to see it. No, we don't want to see it. And I had to unfollow, like, Netflix before I went overseas. Like, it was a whole thing. And I finally got to sit down this week. Last week? Last week. And watch it. And I was really impressed. Yeah? Yeah, for a fourth season with big changes to the way that they do it. It was fantastic. So, basically, like, um, the kids, most of the ones that we know, had to go to a new school. So... They, the way that they managed to fit new characters and finish off everyone's storyline, I think they did a brilliant job. Yeah. There were I've times where some stuff, I think, didn't got land. cut. Okay. So some storylines maybe didn't get it, get expanded as much as yeah. they should have, like with the new characters. But even so, like I can't fault it. Like they, what they did is so hard to do mm. and it still was a quality like final season. See, I'm hearing, I'm hearing a bit of a mixed reviews online and on you know review sites but i think that's the fact of these people have been wait like obviously watched the first three seasons and been waiting a while for this fourth season to come out so they kind of have ownership over these characters mm-hmm. that they've kind of come to love for the first three seasons and when you know certain things change a dynamic to this love or love affair um there's obviously adverse reaction which is usually generally like i don't like that but for me, I've only watched the first episode so far and I will continue to go through. I was kind of waiting for it to all be out anyway. So when I watch through and watch it like blast through it, I won't see that change or have that effect, that gap. That yeah. gap. So I'm going to see it straight through. So I'll probably actually really enjoy where it goes. I, I really liked it. And I think as well, people get a bit upset because the character dynamics change mm. slightly. But at the same time, like when I was in my final year of high school, that was happening already. Because you know you're all about to go off and do your own thing and you're becoming different people and obviously because they go to a different school, there's new people, they're like, yeah, I, I liked it. This isn't a new trope for like teen drama. No. Like the OC did it, the Gossip Girl did it back in the day. It's a pretty big thing for like when they finish high school, the dynamic does change. Yeah, and I don't want to spoil it or anything, but if you've seen it and you want to yell at me, come yell at me. I'll answer all your questions. Um, you can message me on binge lists and then I might privately message you so Shannon doesn't get Spoiled, um, spoilers, yeah. but yeah, no, I I loved it. Yeah, okay, I'll watch it. I go easy you know. on writers because I am one, <laughs> and yeah. I go no because I couldn't have done that better. So yeah. it's a tough gig. It's a tough. Yeah, gig. and they did. It was beautiful. I liked it. Okay, I'll uh, I'll get into my list. So the first movie I watched this week was uh, Terminator: Dark Fate from 2019. So for me, I've only seen the first two movies as well as you, mm-hmm. and we discussed that off air. Um, 
it came out and I was what I was going to do. I, the reason why I waited so long to watch this one from tw- like since 2019 is, oh no, I'll watch all the films in between that I've missed, like three, Salvation and Genesis. Even though I hear Genesis is awful. But then I like I worked out, I'm like, oh, it's just a direct sequel from the second one. I know the story of those first two movies. I've seen those two a bunch of times. So I was like, cool, okay. Well, I can. I only need to watch this to kind of get the flow of it. So it is starring Linda Hamilton, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mackenzie Davis, Natalia Reyes, Gabrielle Luna, and Diego Boneta. Are uh, you looking at me? I don't know. Uh, you'll know their faces if you see them. They're pretty. They're half prominent in in Hollywood. Um, I. It wasn't awful. There was definitely issues with it, but I do like the fact that it kind of definitely had a storyline that was from directly from the second one. It wasn't as polished. Like you could definitely tell there was rewrites probably happening during the filming and they were like, oh, cool, we can just make that a little bit different there because it was kind of like it flowed and then it didn't flow and then it flowed again. You could definitely tell the parts where Schwarzenegger was obviously going to be used was like well written. Like that was the part that they wanted to kind of build the story around and same thing with the Sarah Connor character who's back in this one. That's the two things that they wanted to make sure was included in this movie. Sarah Connor's back. And she's obviously, you know, a battled, hardened soldier now. And the Schwarzenegger character and how they include that into this story is actually really well done. And it's something they've done differently from the other Terminator movies. Won't spoil it because you haven't seen it. But, yeah, it's um, it, it's not too bad. Mackenzie Davis plays this enhanced soldier sent from the future. So she's not another Terminator sent back to protect them. She's actually a human as well with just a few enhancements. Like a cyborg type? Yeah, cyborg type. And um, so the whole point of this this one is like, what is it to be human? They really double down on that kind of storyline around her character and around Arnold Schwarzenegger's character as well. So without spoilers, yeah, those two characters like really push that, like what it is to be human. Obviously, Sarah's got a real trust issue with the Terminators, the T-1000s. Yeah, look, fair enough. T-800 because the T-1000s from the second one. And yeah, it's it's not amazing but i was definitely entertained for the two hours so takeaway from that is worth watching once that's what i'll say okay i'm well maybe i don't know (laughs) i won't make promises i'm not gonna keep you've got other things to watch we've already decided got priorities (laughs) all right your next one so i started i didn't finish because i ended up having sort of stuff that i had to watch this week but i started season two of the newsreader which is an australian tv Mm. show it's on abc it's pretty good it's not one that i say is is a like have to watch, must watch. But if you do want to watch a TV show that's Australian, that's good. It's worth the watch. So I was waiting to watch season two. Uh, it's just come out. It sort of follows two newsreaders in the 80s and the stuff that they're going through running the news. And then also like their personal lives are really like, they're not messy exactly, but they're messy for them as journalists, if mm. that makes sense. And so I like that part of it a lot. So it's just season two and what's happening there. There's not really much to say because I watched literally one episode. So oh, Okay, so you've just started it off. You yeah. will continue it, you think? Yeah, no, I really want to watch it. Um, is but it episodic or is it all out and you just kind of only just watched the first one? It's all out. I watched the first one because she said, hey, do you want to do Scream this week? And I was like, oh, I have a new yeah. mission. So that's kind of what happened. <laughs> I was like, how do you feel about doing Scream? I'm going to preface that when we get to Scream about why we've done Scream. Yeah, We'll get to that when we get to the main part of the topic. So, yeah, if that's all on news. Yeah, there's not a lot to say at this point. I'll talk more when I've seen more. You've seen it all, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So next for me is I watched the movie that's just got added to Amazon Prime, I think, last week. It's a brand new one from 2023. It's called Totally Killer. So it is starring Kiernan Shipka. Yep, you got it. Olivia Holt, Julia Bowen, Charlie Gillespie, Lachlan Monroe, and Liana Liberato, who's also in Scream 6. Oh. Yeah. This is – I had such a good time with this film. It is one of those team – Teen slasher comedy movies really kind of like works with the camp, works with like the references because back 35 years ago, there was like a string of murders of these three teenage girls by this like masked killer, of right? Of course, yeah. The fourth fourth friend in the group is the mother character to Kiernan's character, who's Jamie is her name. And um, yeah, so she's always like super overprotective of her daughter. She's like, you know what happened to my friends 35 years ago? It's Halloween night, so Jamie's out and, you know, what, you know, doing her Halloween stuff with her friends and something happens to the mother. Anyway, long story short, Jamie works out time travel is a thing. Just go with it. it there's time travel a thing and she goes back to the 80s 
and meets up with her teenage version of her mom. Oh, I have to watch this. And uh, she, it's, it's, she has to work out how to prevent the three murders that are happening back in the 80s. So it's got a really strong aesthetic of the 80s. The best way to describe this film is probably if Scream meets Back to the Future. I love that. It's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Kieran did a great job of being that like fish out of water of someone stuck in the 80s and like a lot of commentary of like how things aren't that way anymore, like particularly like the, you know, political correctness Uh and stuff. So really worth checking out. It's on Amazon Prime and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's one of those ones I'd probably just watch again because I just enjoyed it. It's just a fun ride. So definitely check it out. It's called Totally Killer. I am going to get Shannon's... uh Log in for Amazon, I will um, give you that. and I will try and watch it this week and see what yeah you guys think at home as well. Yeah, time tra- um, time travel movies are just fun anyway. So much fun. Yeah, and the eighties aesthetic. Yeah, it's, it's so good. it never dies. Truly, no. it never dies. No. Um, so I watched obviously Scream this week. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. Yes. Um, but I also watched American Psycho from two thousand, yeah. starring Christian Bale, Chloe Sevigny, Reese Witherspoon, Jared Leto, and Willem Dafoe, and like other people. But I really enjoyed this one. Mm. Yeah, I think you've probably got more to say. I've got a little bit because I've, I watched this a couple of years ago yep. and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And for me, it was it was just really well done, really well acted by um, Christian Bale, Christian Bale, Batman. <laughs> and I don't know, it was just a really good portrayal of male ego yeah. and how it's portrayed on screen. Like he's obviously a businessman mm-hmm. and I was talking to you before the episode started about, I love the scene in particular about they're showing off their business cards. Oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, mine's got that corrugated cardboard yep. and the different font and they're essentially- Oh, it's eggshell or whatever, yeah. Without being crass. It's, it, they're basically dick swinging. Yeah. And it's just, that's a perfect betrayal of what his ego, how fragile his ego is. Like he's constantly like, he, when he's sleeping with someone, he's looking at himself yep. in the mirror when he's, you know- performing essentially and he's like what does those arm muscle things yeah, as yeah. well yeah so i sort of heard about this a lot like obviously i'd heard about yeah. it a lot and i finally sat down to watch it and it makes sense like i understand why everyone loves this film and i definitely had so much fun maybe not fun watching it but like i appreciated it's super it. iconic and i'm like yeah this it was written and directed by mary harron and you're like yeah a man couldn't have done this and i don't mean to no. be sexist at this point Sorry, yeah. I don't mean to be sexist, but it's just the fact of like you need an outsider looking in on mm, male ego, male ego, yeah. and you definitely got that. <laughs> it nailed it, yeah. absolutely nailed it. Uh, it's an iconic film. It's a really famous film for for that. And yeah, if you haven't checked it out, it's it's very well acted and it's a really good story. Definitely and that, worth it. That particular scene with Jared Leto and um, hip to be a square. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's probably seen that or at least the memes of it. And, uh, yeah, it's it's, it's a, just an iconic movie worth checking out. It's definitely one that's worth it. I think you see a lot of people go, oh, you must watch it. Mm. Um, but it's enjoyable. It's not like a hard watch. It's not scary no. or anything. Like, it's got elements of, like, horror. It's graphic. It's graphic at times. I wouldn't say it's horror-ish. But, yeah, it's it's good. It's good. All right. So my next one is what I watched uh, yesterday during the day. I watched... The original, A Nightmare on Elm Street from 1984. How good is it? God, I had a good time with this. Yeah, I watched it, I think, last year. Yeah, so I was I was in the mood for some horrors, but not like you know, full-on ones. I was like, oh, I want to get back to the basics. No, know? no elevated horror for me not today. Not elevated horror. No talk to me or anything like that, the Babadook. No hereditary. <laughs> no, God, not yet. <laughs> I will, <laughs> but not yet. And yeah, it just obviously it's got a really... It's young Johnny Depp in it. It's um, and Freddy Krueger is played by Robert uh, England, and you've got Heather Langenkamp as Nancy Thompson, who's like the screen queen for the Nightmare on Elm Streets. It's so well done. Like the parts where it's like slides into dream sequences mm-hmm. is so well done for the time of 1984. Like it doesn't like it doesn't like cut away. It just kind of draws you back out of like their inner thoughts, and then you're in that dream sequence, and it's just done so well. And it also subverts expectation because you meet the same as what it does in scream the first first scream film is when we'll get to that is you're set up with this original like an initial character like the blonde um tina character you see her dream and she's being chased by freddy krueger and you come out of that and her experiences are coming out of that and then she meets her friends and she kind of explains how she's you know worried about her nightmares and they they obviously decide to all sleep over together to make sure she's okay obviously (laughs) bad things happen to tina and that's when you actually 
move on to Nancy's character as the main character. It's just like it subverts who this is actually about. And I thought it was done really well. And why I say that is because it's written and directed by Wes Craven, who also writes and directs – well, he actually directs. He doesn't write Scream. So but both same elements there. Isn't it such a fantastic concept, though, for a horror? Yeah, it's fantastic. Like, he comes to you in your nightmares. Don't go to sleep, basically. Yeah, and – for a horror, mm-hmm. and in 1984, that would have been terrifying to watch. No, thank you. No, no thank you. Imagine God, watching man. that as a like young teenager. Yeah, like, I remember watching Gremlins as a kid, and it's not scary, scary but well, the way kid, they tell it, yeah, yeah, it's like, what if it's under my bed? What and, if? And because it's in a dream space, they can make him take really different forms, and like it can be really like out of this world kind of concepts. Like there's one scene in particular where he's got the nails, and he's running it along like a metal board or something but his arms are like really mm-hmm. really long and it's like he's in a shadow and it's like really terrifying it's actually. creepy and he cuts himself at one point and like his blood's green and there's all maggots and stuff inside of him it's it's truly is terrifying but I, it's so campy at the same time because of the 80s and the 80s aesthetic it's such a good film it's really good and obviously yeah the nancy thompson character goes on to be in a couple of other ones as well yeah if you haven't seen Nightmare on Elm Street, and you want to get into like early horror, yeah. you're, maybe you're not really a big horror fan, but you want to start, it's definitely one that's worth starting, I think. It's I, not super scary, no, but it's, it, it's it's got enough of it that sort of is a nice introduction. Yeah. I had a way better time watching this than I watched the original Halloween. I watched the original Halloween probably about a year or two ago, and this one's more fun. Yeah, see, I loved Halloween but it wasn't as much fun. But I just watched it and went, oh, this is like where it all started. Yeah, you can see that. And I Halloween. really appreciated that. In it. It's iconic. and But it's got a different vibe to it. Oh, definitely. It's a completely different definitely vibe. Different. It's less like fun horror. Yeah, no. It's mostly just him standing in a bush just being creepy for like an hour and a half. Then he kills a couple of Pretty people. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it builds up that tension. Mm-hmm. It's different. It's just it's different. Because different. Yeah. literally the first scene in A Nightmare on Elm Street is that he's chasing mm-hmm. Tina. So you get that scare or that horror straight away it's straight away it's very different but i definitely recommend it i'm gonna watch the others as i as like like when i get to like a point where i'm like what i'm gonna watch i'm gonna watch all the other nightmare on elm streets and get through the entire series and i might watch the remake i've heard the remake's not very good the one that came out in like 2010 i don't know i don't Uh, know if i recall it's it it got a reboot but they obviously didn't do well because they only made one (laughs) of them so i'll check that out as well just as a kind of comparison but yeah i'm really enjoying it so I got into back into a bit of Mike Flanagan this week mm-hmm. or a lot of Mike Flanagan actually. So I started, I watched one episode of Hill House cause I'd started watching it a long time ago and didn't finish it. So I'm going to rewatch that and just finish it off again. Um, but the fall of the house of Usher came out and I set up last night to watch it and finish it. Um, I really, really liked the fall of the house of Usher. Bit different to his other stuff. Cause every time he makes something, he likes to explore something different. And I appreciate that a lot. From a, from a creator and a filmmaker because I think you can redo the same stuff. That's not that's not difficult. But the fact that he reimagines stuff and he really puts his own take on things because usually it's based on previous work. So this one was Edgar Allan Poe's short story, The Fuller House or Story, um, Fuller House Archer, but then he uses all of the short stories as like episodic yep. things. It's really cool. He uses most of the same cast again, which the anthology I love. Yeah, yeah. If anyone's watched his stuff, he likes to reuse. It's it's a recast. Same people, basically. And I don't know. It's fun. It's like a little little family of people that he puts in stuff, and yeah. you, you get know, to see actors really perform because they switch up different characters. Different characters. Different, yeah. yeah, I had a lot of a lot of fun with this one. Not as spooky as his others, but the performances were awesome. And when it needs to be gory. It, it really goes there. down on it. Yeah. yeah, I liked it. I'm keen. If anyone else has seen it or is a fan of right Mike in. Flanagan, please write in. We are um, planning on doing a Mike Flanagan week in about two weeks' mm-hmm. time. So it gives me time to watch a couple of the ones I'm halfway through and then also this as well. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. If anyone also wants to start watching it before we get there, but you're not sure which ones you want, mm. uh, write in and I'll sort of give you the vibes of any of them and then you can pick yeah. which ones you'd prefer and you can listen along with Mm -hmm. watching the content so that's really good okay all right so my last one for this week in terms of movies is i watched the faculty from 1998 i'm so jealous we've been talking about this one yeah i just mentioned it to you yesterday i'm like i'm gonna watch this and you're like oh god what's it on i want to watch that as well i'm like oh look it's on stan so if you get a chance watch that and it's starring 
just so many people from the 90s. I'm going to go through the list and you'll be like, oh, I know all of them. So it's starring Josh Harnett, Elijah Wood, Claire Duvall, Jordana Brewster, Sean Hattosi, Laura Harris, Usher, Selma Hayek, Robert Patrick, Famke Janssen, Christopher McDonald. So good. Everyone's in it. You're I've like, been oh. meaning to watch this movie since I first sort of saw like a poster of it or saw the cover of it because it, it showed up at my work. Yeah. Um, but I didn't want to buy it because I can't afford every movie I want to watch. No. Um, and I've just been waiting for it to turn up to streaming. And yeah. Shannon told me yesterday so and I was like, I have to watch tonight. it. And then he told me a little bit about it today and I yeah. think I might go and watch it tonight, to be honest. It's – um. It's written by Kevin Williamson. So this gentleman has written this and he also wrote Scream 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. So if you love the original Screams, it's got uh, that kind of teenage vibe to it. And it's directed by Robert Rodriguez. So he's done a bunch of different styles of films. He's obviously done the Spy Kids movies <laughs> as well. Um, and, yeah, it's, got, it's, it's a bunch of kids at high school and they slowly start to think that, like, the, the teachers are acting really strange so they're like, oh, what's going on here? And they kind of get to the point where they're like, I think the teenage, oh, so I think the teachers are aliens. That's amazing. I love I'll that. I'll just leave so the much. premise there. Oh. And it's very nineties, very nice. The soundtrack opens with an Offspring song as it opens up, and yeah, it's worth checking out. I had so much fun with this. I remember watching this back in the day when I was about nine. I went over to a friend's place. I think it was like a sleepover, and he. His older sister hired out this film and we chucked it on. I was in the room and because I was nine when this came out, it's uh, it was kind of scary. There's definitely parts that are like jump scares and stuff like that. And as a nine-year-old, I was like, I'm not loving this. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to go to bed early. So I just <laughs> left like halfway through. So I never knew how it ended. Aww. And I watched the last part to like obviously last nine, watched the whole thing. And I was like, oh, I wish I could watch the rest because it, uh, <laughs> it's a wild ride and it's definitely worth checking out. It's I a fun film. Cannot, cannot wait. Yeah. Like I'm so excited. I want to hear your opinion on it once you watch it. Yeah. Because it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a vibe. I'm it's a very 90s vibe. Put it at the top of the list for the coming week. Yeah. Yep. Please tell me. Uh, is there anything else from you? I didn't watch anything else, but I did read the Poker Face pilot because – I'm a big nerd. Um, and Ryan Johnson writes amazingly. He does. But anyway, if anyone wants it, <laughs> What about his next, his, his next film? His next film? Uh, he's working on it. <laughs> he just hasn't put it to paper. God, what a genius. I love him. <laughs> Definitely a writer. Oh, fantastic. All right. That leaves us time to now move into trivia. So we Alrighty. haven't done trivia in a while, me and you. So. I know. They keep switching up the trivia at work now to like more general stuff. Uh, and less movies? Like pop culture. I'm no, like- You would have won it all. <sighs> it's just not as easy now. It no. actually requires- Thought. It's like external knowledge as yeah. well. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, oh man, it's thing. not the same question Shannon's been asking me every yeah. week. I need to know what Got this is. Got an edge. Yeah, um, exactly. Anyway, are you going first or am I? I'll go first this time. So are you ready? No. Okay. So in what 1987 movie does Baby Houseman fall in love with her dance instructor? Dirty Dancing? You nailed it. I was yeah, like, Dirty Dancing. it has to be. There's no other character named Baby. <laughs> baby. Yeah. No one puts Baby in a corner. I didn't love Dirty Dancing, fun fact. I'll. I'll be honest, I've only seen short snippets of it. It's fine, but I just maybe it's because I'm not in love with Patrick Swayze. I think that was definitely a lot of it. I mean, that was the push during the 1987 era. Yeah. He was he was a huge heartthrob back then. Oh, my uh, mum loved him. I've seen enough to go, I know the story and I know that scene in particular, but I haven't sat down and watched the entire thing. And yeah. they, they did a remake a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. Havana Nights. No, they made, remade. It's oh, like a, they also did Dirty Dancing Havana Nights. Did they? I don't it's know, I showed up sequel? at work yesterday. It must be a sequel. I mean, probably been there for weeks, but. Um, yeah, they had a, I think it was Abigail Breslin. Oh, yeah. Did a t- straight to TV movie version of it. And How do they do that? It did not work. It did not do like well. they remade Footloose with um, oh, no Juliana. Kevin, ba- Kevin Bacon? It's like, it's not Kevin Bacon and Laurie Singer. I don't want it. It's I'm not sorry. the same. It's not the same. Just leave it at the original. Just so. leave it at the original. Um, anyway, I've You've got, got one, one for you. You've got one point. So. Thank you. Uh which horror movie stars Jennifer Love Hewitt, Freddie Prince Jr., Sarah Michelle Gellar, and Ryan Phillippe? I know this one. I know what you did last summer. It is. <laughs> I thought you should get that one. That was one of the first horror films I ever watched. Actually. Really? Yeah. I, um. Yeah. Film school. Uh, sorry, not film school. Um. Film class in high school. Mm. We had to write an assignment on it, so they made us watch. I know what you did last summer. You know what? A fun fact. I only watched this about a year ago. Mm-hmm. I skipped it. I don't know why. Because it has all of the Scooby-Doo gang. I remember us watching Scooby-Doo it gang. at school being like, oh my God, it's, it's like it's, everyone. It's everyone from the 90s in that film. And yeah, I obviously watched all the Scream films, which is the same thing. It's a very 90s era kind of thing. 
I just kind of skipped this one. I just didn't watch it. And there's a ton of them. I only watched the first. But yeah, there's three, and apparently it goes very much downhill after the first one. Yeah. The second one's got the same people in it. Like they're all back, but the third one's just completely different cast. It just didn't work. I don't know why they do that. Anyway. I don't like that. All right. Your next question is, what is the four-letter title of Jordan Peele's latest movie? Sorry, hang on. You lost me a four-letter <laughs> title. I was like, what are you talking about? What um, is the four-letter nope. title of, I don't need to read the rest. You just got nope. it. <laughs> I did. went to see that on my birthday last year. Oh, random. Yeah, I had nothing else to do. No one else was around. Did you go by yourself? Yeah. On your birthday? Yeah, it was in the middle of the day. I had nothing to do. I was like, I'm going to go to Indra and I'm going to watch Nope. I mean, great film. So I did. You know, you're wrong. But oh, you should have invited someone. Everyone was working. It was yeah, like a Thursday. Yeah, <laughs> midday. It, or something it like that. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so Nope. And that's his newest one. I think he's writing that one. I had a good now. time. It's, it's a good film. It's a really good film. What is the name of Mark Hamill's character at the dinner theater? Dinner theater or diner theater? Diner. I says dinner, but um, on The Simpsons. Do you want me to read the question again? I got I, distracted. Yeah. What is the name of Mark Hamill's character at the dinner theatre on The Simpsons? It's, I know the song he sings. <laughs> so, Wookie tonight, use the forks. Um, no, nah, that's a that's a really obscure reference. I love it that Simpsons. You guys are really trying me the past couple of weeks with this. I am. Um, it's Nathan Detroit. I wouldn't have got that. I don't know. I've never seen it. I didn't know if that was an easy <laughs> one or a hard one. That's, that's like a really obscure reference. Sorry. No, good. I thought T- maybe. Test me for The Simpsons. I mean, I'm going to get most of the it other ones. It just popped up, so. No, good. I'm going to actually look that up after this and like get the picture of it and go, oh, okay, now my brain has clicked it into gear. Cool. All right. You can show me. I will. All right, your last question. So you've gotten two from two now. You might be on the winning streak here. What 1995 coming-of-age comedy set in California is loosely based on Jane Austen's 1815 novel, Emma? Oh, God. Uh, 1995 teen 90, film? 1995 coming-of-age teen comedy. I'm just going to guess one. Yeah? Is it Clueless? Nailed it. You got oh, it. It's okay. Clueless, yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yes. I didn't even know that was 95. I wasn't even born. Yeah, well, was but like, it's Clueless is iconic enough to watch it. You know, you've maybe seen, I should read Emma. I've had it at home for a long time. You should read Emma because yeah, it's, oh, it says it's loosely, loosely based, based, but it must have elements of it for it to. Okay, well, yeah, three Clu- for three. Clueless, look at you go. Look at me go. Yeah. All right, I got one for you now. I might be able to redeem myself and get two. I I kind of hope so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what is the name of the anthemic dance near the beginning of the Rocky Horror Picture Show? Let's do the time walk again. Yeah, I mean, it's a time walk, yeah, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I watched that not long ago yeah. for the musical episode. <laughs> I mean, yet again, good film. I should have probably seen it beforehand, but one of those things you just skip in your lifetime and had reason to watch it, and yeah. It's a good I one for Halloween. the song, obviously. Very good one for Halloween. Good film. Good choice. Two out of three, and you win this round. Three out of three. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Top of the news, I'll start off. So Barbie writer and director Greta Goig is currently in the process of writing her next film. Nothing has been said about the story yet, though she claims having reoccurring nightmares. Don't know what that means. No idea, but it's exciting because <laughs> it means Greta Goig is thinking about making some more stuff. It's either she's making a horror or she's just constantly thinking about the writing process and what it's going to be. Uh, yeah, that's that's more than any horror film. It's going to be the writing process. Yeah. Just got to get to paper. <laughs> so I'm excited. I'm excited to see what her next kind of uh, gig is because obviously Barbie was a absolute powerhouse of a film. Over it's a billion still on dollars. in cinemas. Yeah, it's because crazy. it's doing so well. Uh, it's out on physical media very shortly as well. I'm excited. I can't wait to rewatch it. Yeah. Me too. I had a lot of fun watching that film. All right. Um, so news today, uh, which is news yesterday for you guys listening at home. Yeah. Alrighty. So Sir Michael Caine has confirmed he's officially retiring from acting and he said, I kept saying I'm going to retire. Well, I am now because I figured I've had a picture where I've played the lead and it's got incredible reviews and that is from his film, The Great Escaper. So yeah, he's retiring. Now I asked Shannon earlier, what was your favourite performance by him? Um, you said... Not in Batman. No, mine was Batman. Yours is Batman. And then you said, yours isn't. And I said, no, it's when he's in um, A Muppet's Christmas Carol. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, why is that your takeaway from Michael Caine? Because if you can make me cry with your performance. In a Muppets film? Muppets. Yeah. You're doing something fantastic. Like, I'm sorry. You have that much emotion playing against (laughs) the incredible Kermit the Frog. Not quite a mop, not quite a puppet. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, no, my, my takeaway was um, The Dark Knight Rises for me when he's having that breakdown with Christian Pale. I failed you, Master Wayne. Look, I'm looking at you. I think I've seen it. It's Have yeah. I remembered it? No. I mean, it's a good film. And that's what I remember him for is is that. Obviously, he's in he's so many films. Like, he's in heaps he's of in things. everything. He's in so many things. He's in the third uh, Austin Powers movie. I'm going to... He's, he's the dad. Come out right now and say that I've never seen an Austin Powers oh, film. No. Um, I was a little bit little when they were first out. I mean, fair. They're, and I they're don't the think mum was keen. They are very 90s and they're tongue-in-cheek. Never have sat down to watch one. Okay. We well, might have to do an Austin Powers <laughs> week. Get you to watch the three films. Just to force me to watch them. Look, I've... I've wanted to, but anyway. Yeah, moving on. All righty. So Marvel is overhauling their plan for TV, going back to a more traditional structure like we've seen before with shows like uh, Agent Carter, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and The Runaways. Instead of just shooting 150 million plus TV seasons on the fly, they're going to go back to hiring showrunners, creating pilot episodes, completing series bibles and outlines. Though they claim the biggest reason is the lack of viewers, writers on Twitter have stated that a lot of these changes are due to the WGA's new terms. Yeah, look, I saw this one the other day and I was like, are you are you kidding? So basically, um, they've just been throwing money at shows. Oh, 100% they have. Doing it on the fly. No one is writing. No one is enjoying. Anything. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, you're just, you're not completing a series Bible or an outline. Like that is That's surprising the giving- main thing the massive plans they have for MCU yeah. usually in place. like And like series Bibles for no one that's a writer, which is honestly very fair enough, it outlines everything. It's yeah. got your main characters, your main story, what's going to happen in other seasons. Yeah. It's your overarching kind of, thing. kind of plan. It's what you give to people when you're trying to pitch a show and you go, I've got the pilot, here's all here's the main info. Here's where we want to go, yeah. yeah. Um, the fact that they're not even doing that, which is writing 101. Yeah, but honestly, mental. And I was reading more of the article, uh, and there's a lot of stuff that said basically they took the approach, which is <laughs> it's so bad, of fix it in post. Oh, so there was no. so much stuff, even story wise, that they were yeah. trying to scramble together. Yeah. After the fact, like stuff just wasn't written. It's so evident in some of those TV shows, and as it's well. like especially um, yeah, She Hulk. Mm, they did a lot for that, I think. Absolutely let down. Absolute let down. And you think of how much they had, and I saw a lot from the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. writers who kind of sort of got let down in the fact that the films decided to ignore. Yeah, there was plans to have them really run concurrently. Yeah. But, and you, you could see it in the early days. They backed the show, but obviously they just were like, nah, we're just going to separate these two. And like these guys did, I think it was about six or seven. Maybe not that many of Agents. Like there was six a lot. Six or seven seasons. At least yeah, six. It went for a while. Because um, I watched about half of it and mm. then just fell off because I was at uni and yeah, it got one, to a point. It's one of those shows. It's, um, it, was go- it was good, but, but it's hard to keep up. It worked. Yeah. It went for that long because they were writing- Had plans. Properly. Yeah. So, yeah, look. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully they no, can- Honestly, this can only be good. Do some work. It'll be better than what has currently been put out. They have to go back to just doing things properly. And I think- well, given the new terms, they have to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was part of the problem with them, I think, is they they stopped running things the way TV used to be run. Mm-hmm. And they just were like, oh, whatever, we can do what we want. We'll just throw money at it. But it evidently doesn't work. All right. So well. that's that one. Bit of sad news. So A24 is changing their business model. So previously it was known for all of its indies, a lot of indie horror, a lot of other stuff. You know A24. It's known as a brand now. Yeah. Um. Basically, it's a verb. Um, and they're now going towards commercial films and making more stuff based on their existing IP. So, it's franchises, baby. Cinema's dead. It's, yeah, it's, it's sad. Interesting. But I'm in- disappointed, but I'm also like, I hope they do the right thing. And as I said to you before we started recording, it's like, if they f- pick commercial films, obviously, they're going to look at scripts and stuff and be like, all right, that's still an effectively good commercial film. They're not just going to, you know, pump out kind of trash, unfortunately, like some of the other studios are doing to try and like mitigate, you know, potential losses compared to other films coming out. So they just make a film just to like obviously match it. That's what commercial movies do from time to time. You know, hopefully they don't do that. I'm really hoping they don't. And look, I understand it. The model that they had, like the business model, was not sustainable. It was never going to work forever. Mm. Unfortunately, now is just the time where it's kind of not worked for long enough, I guess, that they have to change it up. 
It's like when you when it says like uh, ideally make more movies based on their existing IP. I hope we don't see something like um, everything everywhere all at once too. Well, that's <laughs> what I mean. Like yeah, some of these IPs that they already own, they, they're done. They're one shot stories, and that's why A twenty four took them on because they weren't looking at making no, a franchise. The craft of, it was the craft of cinema, the craft of filmmaking, craft of writing was all in these films. So don't make it a money cash grab yeah it's it's really sad i don't know let's just it's one of the yeah we'll see how it goes as i said you if they change the model now none of this will take into fruition for at least another two three years no there's still actor strikes so yeah they're not gonna, making anything they're not making anything still they can write it but uh it's not getting made <sighs> all right we're one out of two is steps away we're getting there <laughs> we're halfway it's there. very grim Slow and steady. That gives us time to move into the main topic of today, which is the Scream series. Yes. Now, you asked me the other day if I could do this, and you said, yeah, because you've never seen any of them, and I was quite offended. I was like, I, I have you hadn't. definitely seen the first one. Okay, like, yeah, was, you said the first one. I was like, there's six. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot to watch. Yeah, I And know. I tried to watch other horror films. No, it was one of the first ones I ever saw yeah, in okay. high school. Uh, before we get into... Each of the films. I obviously want to make an announcement in this. I The reason why we didn't record that second week of episodes where we had a break is I actually did record an episode uh, with someone, another special guest. So I want to call out and shout out Libby. Thank you, Libby, so much. Me and her recorded an entire episode. It went over an hour. We recorded the whole thing. We did a whole episode on Scream together. Uh, unfortunately, because we did it remotely, Libby lives down the coast a little bit further, so we did it remotely over over FaceTime and recorded in. I could hear her, but the recording equipment somehow did not pick up her side of the recording, um, like whispers basically. Uh, so I could couldn't really work with what I had to make it like with you know post. I couldn't do it in post <laughs> and and make it a, a, an official episode, which I was I was super devastated about because yeah, had it already had it all recorded done and planned out and unfortunately that episode is one of the lost tapes <laughs> it's gone um so now that's we're doing and this episode on scream again so we'll go through scream yeah i look i enjoyed watching them all well most of them it's hard when you watch something in a series and cram it in yeah like, it's hard back to back because you you don't appreciate every single one that was made and they can all be different and that's what probably what happened to you. Like you liked elements of probably all of them to a degree, mm-hmm. but yeah, cramming them into a week, it become become a chore. But we'll we'll go through them one at a time, and as, I guess pick apart the parts that make a make a screen film, the tropes, the characters, and see where it is now. Because we are we obviously finally watched Scream Six mm-hmm. today. I saw it at the cinema. Uh, when it came out back in May, but you watched it today, the last one. Yeah, I watched it this morning. Yeah. Not so yet on streaming. It's, so. it's very fresh for you. Uh, we'll go from there. So the first Scream, 1996, starring David Arquette, Neve Campbell, Courtney Cox, Matthew Lillard, Rose McGowan, Skeet Ulrich, Jamie Kennedy, Drew Barrymore. What an iconic cast. What an iconic 90s cast. Yeah, just, I love it. And obviously everyone knows, but just the opening of that film, to put Drew Barrymore in it, to put her in all of the marketing, yep. to make her the star of the film, Duh. to then kill her off in the first five minutes. So Huge. genius. And the way they – like that, it's iconic. It's so good. Yeah, yet again, Wes Craven, um, Kevin Williamson, the writer, um, and doing it again, subverting expectations. Every time I watch that opening. Love it. I just love it. I can't get enough of it. It's yeah. just – it's genius. Yeah, it's so iconic. And there's a reason why they – it was so popular, it obviously – made a parody film of it, Scary Movie. Because mm-hmm. fun fact, this was originally supposed to be called Scary, Scary Movie before they landed on Scream. I definitely, definitely uh, sort of copied a lot of this when we did an assignment in grade maybe 10 yeah. or something, 10, 11. And we had to like, you know, film a scene, write and film a scene from a horror film. And there was definitely a lot of... Uh, a lot of Scream in there. A lot of Scream elements in it. <laughs> That's fine. Um, this movie, essentially, it's a meta film. And it basically not so much pokes fun at, but kind of highlights what the tropes of an original slasher from like the eighties, nineties mm-hmm. were. So the original tropes are, you know, the the final girl, the opening death scene, and all those kind of jazz, like mm-hmm. yeah, jump scares and stuff like that. And, and who and dies first? Who dies that first. kind of thing. The rules, yeah, particularly highlights the rules. Um, you I know, I think this is why we watched it. 
because I was obviously studying slashes. Yeah. It's, it was, it's, it was it's fun. Especially a study of slashes. And so we the, watched The movie it. itself. And that, that comes through as Jamie Kennedy's character, mm-hmm. um, Randy. So yeah, that's right. He kind of he like he's like the huge film buff, and he's like, "Well, we're, we're in a scary movie now. Like it's playing out exactly like that." And he highlights the rules as they go along. This movie is surprisingly tame. Yeah, actually, like it's a great film, but um, there's the killings at the start with obviously Drew Barrymore, but then the writer Kevin Williamson and I think Wes Craven together collectively went, "Hang on a minute." I've written this story and I'm obviously developing all the teenage characters. I've realized that no one else dies until the house party at the end. So that's why he included after the war. It was after the fact the principal dying halfway through. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know if you remember the principal um, dies in the middle there and that's what they find out at the house party, which is why all the other party goers leave the house. That's interesting. Yeah. Because I do remember I was watching this and I was watching a lot of the other ones obviously this week. Mm. And I was surprised that people don't die as much as I Remember. thought they died. Well, we won't skip to six, scream six no, yet. obviously. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, I'd forgotten how sort of tame they are. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, that was an interesting little fun fact I kind of read somewhere. I was like, oh, cool. That actually makes sense. That's why they included another death. It makes why the core group are the only ones in the house at the end as well. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, really good. And I like that. Obviously, another trope of the screen films are there's always two killers. Mm-hmm. There's always two killers. I like that. So it makes you always think about like, oh, well, that's the killer, but you know, someone else is in the room, so that's not them. But because there's two killers, it can be anyone. It can be anyone. It can be anyone. So I love that. As I well. definitely love this one. And if you're not sure whether you want to get into Scream, because there's a lot of them, I definitely recommend at least watching the first one, seeing how you feel. You get if a vibe. You, yeah. If you want to watch them all. Go and watch them. Maybe not back to back. But um, yeah, it's, it's so iconic. Mm. And if you're not a big horror fan but you want to start, it's not it's not going to keep you up at night. Not at all. It's it's mainly it's fun. It's mostly making a commentary on slashes. And slashes in general aren't scary horrors anyway. Mm-hmm. You can definitely just watch them and go, oh, that was a bit of fun. Like A couple jump scares. A couple of jump scares yeah. that aren't going to kind of sit with you. And if you are into your films, it's fun to watch and have them sort of do it. Yeah. It's sort of – we'll get into it a bit later, but I don't love it as much all the talk of the fact that uh, we're we'll go film. into that when we get towards the end yeah but um the first one did me. it did it really well it's, it's great like love the first one when they set up the rules of a scary movie it's done so well but because it plays out in every single every one single of, one. every single one of them there's always a scene where one of the characters explains the rules of a movie like a scary movie especially when we get to scream 2 sequel it does it again, but it's like, oh, it's a sequel now. Like, so these rules are the new rules. Yeah, the old rules don't apply and it just, mm. yeah. Uh, so we'll move into Scream 2. This took place literally only a year later. So they obviously punched that one out. Same writer. So he was obviously helming it and knew the characters and knew where to take the characters. It also did subvert expectations as well because there was the core four from the first film that survived. So you had David Arquette, Courtney Cox, Neve Campbell, and also Jamie Kennedy's character was, you know, one of the survivors. But when we get to the second film, it introduces a bunch of different characters in with these core four as well. They're at college this time. So it's, you know, that college kind of horror this time around. The studying She's film. She's got a boyfriend. Sydney's got a boyfriend studying film. Um, but it does that thing halfway through the film where it surprises you by killing off Jamie Kennedy's character out of nowhere, basically. And then you're like, oh, no one's safe. It's a sequel. No one's safe. Mm-hmm. It's one of the rules, basically. And I kind of love with this one where they, like, yes, it's a horror film. And yes, it's all like slasher. But they also give um, Nev Campbell's character, like, a a through line, like a big story that's going to sort of continue of her life and her, mm-hmm. like, um, like, inner conflict and stuff that's happening with her. So, obviously, her her mum was, was killed in the before the first one. So that's a big thing. Like she's the girl with the dead mum. And then in the second one, they bring back the guy that she put in jail. Yeah, that's right. And Um, so she's like, is he, did he actually kill my mum? Did he not? Yeah. And it turns out that I'm pretty sure he didn't do it. He did not. And he didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. So he's in, he's in two and three actually. Mm -hmm. He's in two and three. And they bring in a lot of um, Courtney Cox's character as the reporter. As yeah. well, she she sort of becomes a big part. She's in the first one, but she definitely develops into more of her own character. And from yeah. the second one onwards, like they they deepen her character. Same with Dewey as well. Mm-hmm. Like they're the core three after this film that are in all the rest of them, basically. Uh, this one 
I like this one more. It definitely ups the gore factor from the first one. There's a lot more kills. And there's one particular scene that stands out to me and always will for the second one is the scene where I think she's tussling with Ghostface in a car and then they crash the car. But then for the only way for her to get out is to climb across the top oh, of the unconscious Ghostface. And the tension that's built in that scene is so well done, even for like 1997. It would hold up today. Like I think was, that was her and Laurie Metcalf's Yeah, character. it was the mother character. So good. Yeah. So Incredibly good. well done. And obviously, yeah, they get to the reveal at the end of film of who the killers are in the second one. And it makes sense for one of them. And the other one's just absolute a lunatic. <laughs> like, it just just absolute lunatic. And I love that. It's just, just wanted to kill people for the sake of killing them. And, and going back to that scene you were talking about in the car. Yeah. Which is genius. You really see, like, Sydney's character, who's the, the lead, yeah. um, Nev Campbell's, really become, like, a hero, like, a final girl in yeah. that. Because the first one, she's, like, a bit of a scared girl. She's the virgin. Yeah. And by the second one... She's got this. I mean, she's terrified, but she's got this. She's hardened a little bit. Yeah, this courage that she didn't have where she's like, no, I'm, I'm going to get out of this. Yeah. I'm going to climb over Ghostface mm-hmm. and we need to get out of here. And so you're like, oh, she's she's got this going forward, mm. which she then sort of, she does each film, she just gets more and more. more and more. Yeah. But yeah, it's a good character development for a silly yeah. horror slash series kind yeah. of thing. No, it's good. And then we'll move on to Scream, Scream 3. 3. I don't think I love this one as much. I was getting a bit tired. This of, is my least yeah. favourite one. And it's probably the least favourite from a lot of people. So Scream 3 took place three years later in 2000. It was essentially, it was more meta than the others. Mm-hmm. Well, and at least more meta it. than two anyway. It's literally the filming, inside this, the world of Scream they're filming the films that are based on what happens in one and two, and they're called the Stab series. So they're the movies inside the film. They're filming Stab 3 in Scream 3, and the people that are getting killed are the actors and that from Stab 3. Yeah. And also the characters from one and two from Scream, like Neve Campbell and that, are also around at the time. So it's a very – it's super meta. It's, it's just weirdly done. I think I was getting a bit over it by this point because – and I'm, I'm going to bring it up. I obviously, I first started studying like literally slasher films in high school. So the rules of it, like that was, mm. that was the whole thing we're doing, writing science on it. We know the rules, it. yeah. So that was A, old and boring to me. And two, now as a writer of things, I don't want to be thinking about the rules when I'm watching <laughs> ri- it. Yeah. I just want to watch it. And then I hate exposition also because it's poor writing. It works for these, don't get me wrong. I love it. I get it. I know you mean. And I understand why everyone else loves it and gets it as like just general audience. Yeah. I get it. There's nothing wrong with it. Just me personally. Yeah. You, even when the sixth one, you were like, I don't love this scene. I'm like, I I kind of like it. I get it. And I know why it has to happen in every screen film. It has to happen. It just, it irks me. Like I go somewhere else while it's happening and I, I hate it. I don't like this. I hate that it happens. (laughs) Um, but look, if I talk about screen three, this one's written by someone else. Mm-hmm. It's not Kevin Williamson. So that's why this one has a really particular different vibe. It's still Wes Craven. which is an interesting yeah. last name for a horror writer. Anyway. Yeah, interesting. I haven't looked into what Aaron's done in terms of other things. I just know that it's not Kevin Williamson. That's definitely missing in this film. You it's can feel very it. very evident. The standout for me was actually Parker Posey. She's the actress yes. that's playing Courtney Cox's character. Yes, she character. was amazing in it. Standout. All I'll remember from that is is – is her in this and I was like oh, I hope they don't kill her off and unfortunately I think she dies while trying to save someone else which is kind of like oh it's a redemptive kill and yeah she was just she was she stole the show yeah no she was great in it great great um, other than that this one also broke the rule it actually broke the rule for two killers so mm-hmm. it was literally the only film in the Scream series that only has one I guess killer. they were trying to change it but it didn't really it, it, fit. Yeah, it was trying to be like, we're different. Look, it's only one killer. And it was a really loose reference to, I'm pretty sure it was like a half-brother or something. I can't even remember what Roman's character is. He's the director of Stab 3 and he's the one who's killing everyone. That's right. Wasn't it her mum had yeah. slept with someone prior Yeah, and she has like a half-brother? Half-brother. Because that's right, they're unravelling her mother. So she obviously yeah. loved her mother. Her mm-hmm. mother had died. It was sad. It was a whole thing. Yeah. And suddenly she's but not she's sure a, who her mum really is. Yeah, there's more to her story. Yeah. So that's that's the part taking of Sydney's character. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah, there was a whole thing. I just didn't think it, it landed. It's the weakest one out of yeah. the six, for sure. I was kind of like, oh, my God, I have to watch how many films when I was watching this one. Mm. And then I put on Scream 4 and I was back in. Yeah, this yep. is probably one of my favourite ones, actually, Scream 4. It was so fresh, but it's the reason why it is it's because it's, it's back. It, Kevin Kevin's back. He's writing it again and saying Wes Craven's back at the helm of directing. This has everyone in it from that era too. Like yeah, I loved that. The 2010s, early 2010s. To, this came out in 2011. So it's obviously got, you know, your David Arquette, Neve Campbell and Courtney Cox back, but it's also got Emma Roberts, Hayden Panettiere, Anthony Anderson, Adam Brody, Rory Culkin and Alison Brie. I remember the other one they have in this one. Yeah. It is. Oh my God, now it's gone again. She's married to Dak Shepard. She Christian was in Bell. Broken Mars. Yeah. Christian Bell. Yeah. Christian, Christian Bell. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, it's Christian Bell. And I think watching this one, there were so many actors that were my childhood. So like, yeah. obviously with the first ones, they were iconic actors that I knew of because they were in all of the They're movies right. yeah. that I wasn't allowed to watch, I guess, as a kid growing up. But I knew all the stars. And then this one, it brought back, like, yeah, like you said, it's got Emma Roberts, who was huge in all of the kids' huge movies the I was time. watching. Yeah. Hayden Panettiere as well was in all of them. She was in Heroes and a bunch of other things. A bunch yeah. of kids' films Kids' films well. that I watched Adam in. Brody from The O.C. Mm-hmm. Alison Brie from Community. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, obviously Kristen Bell was in it for a second. Um, but it was just... Yeah, that's right. That's the opening. She's the one that yeah. gets yeah. gets axed. But that was in a film. Exactly. Anyway. A stab for, it. That's think. a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I was like, oh, this is cool. It's really good. And the plot twist at the end, I actually didn't see coming. So I saw this in the cinema in 2011 because I was like, I love the Scream series. I watched all three. I was so little in 2011. <laughs> I was 21. So this is prime time for me. I think I was. You're doing like 13. 2011. Yeah, yeah, I was 13. 13. So probably not allowed to go see Scream 4 at the cinema. I didn't even know about Scream 4 no. at 13. So I, was, I went and saw this like day one. I was like, I'm in, I'm in. And loved it but I did not see that plot twist at the end and it was really well shot I honestly can't remember what plot twist you're talking about um the fact that well spoilers okay we're going to talk about Scream 4's ending um the fact that uh, Emma Roberts is one oh, of the killers. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Shocking because her mum dies. Yeah. Right? Like yeah, yeah. she's just she's just unhinged. I, like. I mean, here's my thing. Love Emma Roberts. Well, mm. do I I don't know. I love the stuff she was in. Yeah. As a kid, but she always kind of played a bit of a like bitchy character. She does. Yeah. If you've and seen so, the actual show Scream Queens, nails it. And just everything else, a lot of stuff she's been in, she ends up playing even yeah. as a kid like in the like wild child or whatever the hell it was. She was yeah, always was like, child, she had yeah. attitude yeah. and like Hotel for Dogs, another kid's movie I saw, yeah. had a bit of an attitude. Anyway, all these people are coming back to me. I was shocked that she was playing sort of more of an innocent character for mm. so much of it, but I was like, oh, maybe it's just, I'm a, believing it, it. It's playing against time, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. And then right at the end, it like yeah, turns on its head. Plays and it so well. She's like a psychopath. Yeah. And at this point, you're four films in, you love Sydney at this point. You're like, she's yeah. got it. She's a bit of a badass now. Mm-hmm. So you want her to. Win. make it yeah, yeah. and suddenly her crazy niece is trying to kill yeah, her, her and you're niece. like oh she needs to catch a break it's her niece i think it's her cousin oh no because it's the mom's sister oh that's right sorry her, her cousin mom. yeah so it's her cousin her who's cra- who, gone crazy and you just basically. you just wanted to have a win and she's just not getting she's not, get, not getting a win and yeah that was a huge plot twist yeah um, i loved it hayden penetary's character gets stabbed but you don't know the fate you never find out at the end of this film how she, you sort of get stabbed and basically pass out oh yeah because I was confused when she popped back up. I yeah. was like, you never see her. Remember. She gets yeah. stabbed once um, by Rory Culkin's character, who's the other ghost face mm-hmm. murderer in this one. And yeah, you never find out her fate. You get to see her basically pass out. he's the one that's, he's, is he, he's starting to film it. Yeah. Yeah. He's one. the yeah. one with the longer hair and, and all that. And so they're the two killers in this so one. So that's and sort of how they bring it into the film of it. It's like anniversaries and they're and all going to scream parties yeah. or stab, sorry, stab that's what parties. what wants to kill him for. Emma Roberts' character, Jill, wants to kill them all because she's sick of living in the shadow of, of her cousin. Because <laughs> they all live in Woodsboro. Everyone's so been like, murdered. Yeah. <laughs> it's She's crazy. She's nuts. She's absolutely nuts. But this one this one is really good. I, I loved it, I, yeah. I love four. I, I think four's really good. And then I'm surprised they waited so long to come to the next one, which is called Scream, which yeah. is Fire Scream 5. But it's because it's the way that movies are now, reboots, requels. It's called Scream. Annoying. Anyway. Yeah, but because it's so meta, Scream's meta, it's called Scream because that's the point. It's a reboot. Or is it? It's a requel. And that's the whole point of the rules in this one is, oh. the, is the scene where they're, they're explaining the rules. Of Shannon's losing me. You remember that scene? I know. I do yeah. remember it. I loved it. No, I thought this one, again, I'm really into how they're 
bring them all together at this point. Yeah, it's still linked, but it's starting a new saga in Scream 5. And I think the kids, I say kids, they're my age, but the kids that they cast (laughs) in this to be the new generation, they did a really good job with the casting. 100%. 100%. They're These all guys really know relevant. What they're doing. So the people that cast in Scream nail it because they're all really relevant people to the era that they're portraying mm-hmm. it in. So you've got um, Melissa Barrera, Jenna Ortega, Mason Gooding, Jasmine Savoy Brown, Jack Quaid, Mikey Madison, Courtney Cox is back, David Arquette's back, and Neve Campbell is back as well. And Skeet Ulrich. Yes, he as, is. Um, the dead Billy Loomis. Yeah. Yes. Because plot twist, Melissa Barrera's character is the daughter of Billy Loomis. The bastard, yep. Yeah, because he was obviously seeing Neve Campbell in the first film. Mm-hmm. That was the boyfriend, but she wouldn't put out and all that jazz. She was the virgin. She wasn't sleeping with him, but he was seeing someone else. They had a kid. Yep. So, yeah. No, so. I think, I mean, they waited a long time, but if you're going to wait that long, you want to nail it, and they nailed it with this. Yeah, I think so too. I think these two films, obviously, they came back to back in 2022 and 2023 with Scream 6 as well. It's starting the franchise again, basically. It's 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 using what the elements of Scream was from 1 to 4 and then making it anew. So it's got story elements. It's like, here's a, here's a link, but also we're going to be taking you on a new journey. And that's by having the original characters in here as well, the, three, the trio of heroes. Mm-hmm. But that's it. It's a legacy sequel. So no one's safe. See you later, David Arquette. <laughs> and that was a bit sad. Yeah. So I was just thinking if anyone else died. Um, I mean, a lot of people died, but no one really. No one important. No one important. Um, yeah, no, it was sad when they killed him off, I think, because you watched him for so long. And he looks quite old in this one. Yeah, they make him look like um, he's had a really rough go between the past yeah. 10 years. And you're like, man, this guy's been with us forever. Yeah. And he's kind of the protector. He's not very good at it. He's like the worst him, cop, but he's trying but so hard. He tries so hard. He's got heart. Um. <laughs> And then, yeah, he's like, he f- it's his finally his time. And like, yeah. I think it's really a shame that in the new one, mm. they weren't able to get Nev Campbell back because they didn't pay her enough. Um, yeah, so she's she's not in Scream 6. I'm hoping they bring her back. Um, if we move into Scream, oh, what I'll say is, okay, so the killers in Scream 5, relevant for Scream 6. So you've got Jack Quaid, who's uh, one of the killers. Mm-hmm. He's the boyfriend of Melissa Barrera's character. And he's obsessed with the stab films and all that. Like, he's a huge film. He's the film nerd he's of the, the film. He's the film nerd. He's crazy about that. Although, you've got Jasmine Savoy Brown's character, who's also a, a young film nerd. So Different, yeah, for different, different reasons. Different Not obsessive, reason. but like... So she's like, I'm going to tell you the rules. Yeah. Um, and that sort of comes into Scream 6 as well. Yeah. So Jack Quaid's the big takeaway. He does it with his off script. Like, he's got a girlfriend as well, who's also one of the killers. There's always two. And... Yeah, so that ends that movie. And then we get into Scream 6, which you watched today. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I really did. I think for me, before we get into Scream 6, I think the best th- – me, I've got three favourites, one, four, and six. Yeah, I agree. I think they're the standout ones. Two is fine, but it's definitely a lower tier mm-hmm. than those three. And five is really good. To it's bring good. it back, it's it was really just, good. It was relevant to make a new franchise. Takes time. Yeah, so it, it had to do a lot of like building mm-hmm. block stuff. But this film kind of just runs with it. And I think it's smart in a way to to give sort of Melissa Burrow's character, Samantha. Yeah, that's um, Samantha Carpenter. Yeah, she's sort of the son of the original. Yeah. Oh, sorry, the daughter of the original, Jesus. Um, <laughs> but it makes sense story-wise yeah. and it gives her the – I mean, obviously she's complicated because she'll go, what's going on with you? Mm. But it gives her this grey area to play in but also enough – depth as a character where you feel sorry for her because you're like that would be a would lot be to really deal with hard. yeah um and, and obviously then, you know her sister's trying to nearly getting killed and it's kind of her fault yeah, her half sister jenna ortega yeah. is she's there to protect her Which we only just found out half sister that's like news to them oh it's only the yeah they find out the year before in the previous yeah one, so yeah and they obviously play in the gray area of like she's a she's a daughter of a murderer mm-hmm. serial she, murderer yeah does she have those elements in her as well and they really kind of like play in that field of like when you're protecting yourself and killing some of these people that are trying to kill you, do you enjoy it? Is that a part of you? And that mm. was kind of in this one. Yeah, they follow it through. They follow it through. It was it was really well done. This one amps up the gore. Yeah, really, really nice. Really well done. Shot gore. beautifully also, I might add. 100%. It's, yeah, it's kind of usually like these kind of horrors aren't known for yeah. like incredible cinematography and stuff like that. They can be a bit easy mm. to shoot. Yeah. Kind of like I mean they're not, but that's 
the way Just it's the appearance of them, yeah. Um, but this one, they really bring it up. Yeah. So it's got a different quality to it. I highly recommend this one because I don't want to get too much into spoiler territory. It's only been out for like five months and that's since the cinema. So I'm not going to go about like what happens at the end. But yeah, this one doubles up the gore uh, and just runs with the fact that it's a franchise now. They obviously do the the rules. Everyone's on the picking block. Who Mm -hmm. could it be? I'm really interested to see where Scream 7 goes. I'm excited. And I think if you haven't caught up, um, with the newer ones and you're like not sure whether you should or not, yeah. I think it's worth it. They don't ruin the originals. They kind of just follow it on in yeah. a in a way that makes them sort of slightly more relatable yeah. in that they're a bit they're modern. They're less about the meta and more about – it's actually just its own a story nice now. Slasher. It's, it's yeah. a slasher film itself without being like about the original rules of a scary movie. Which I think they needed to move away from at yeah. this point. I mean, you can only continue doing that for so long before it's like, well, we get it. What what's next? You know, like so. Yeah, I think the the reboot of Scream from Scream and then Scream Six is done really well. I think it's worth checking out if you haven't seen it. Pretty sure Scream twenty twenty two just got added to Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cause that's where I watched it. Yeah, so it's just out of there. So watch that. I'm sure Scream Six won't be too far off. If not, it's on physical media at most shops now. Anyway, pick it up. It's probably one of the best ones in the series. And, yeah, it's set in New York. It's different. It's something – it feels different. And the payoff is worth it in the end. Mm-hmm. I was very impressed this morning watching it. Yeah. I was like, this is this is a good one. Um, so, as always, thank you for listening. Thank you, everyone, who's stuck with it while I'm away. Also, shout out to Wayne and Liam, who I had a bit of a chat to the other day on the phone. Yeah. Um, nice hearing from you. Very weird because I don't know you. Um, but thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks, thanks for being for a fan. Yeah. Um, and as always, if you're enjoying this podcast, please give it a follow. And if you'd like to get in touch, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, threads, at binge lists, or email us at binge list and box office hits at gmail.com. Um, I'm trying to get back into Instagram pretty heavy trying to get you yeah. guys involved more questions um, here and there so that we can find out what you're into what you're not into we can discuss it yeah kind of make it relevant to you guys and make it more interactive try see how we go um build but- the brand <laughs> please anyone can still do shirts i can still do shirts i so want to work on something want- else as well which yeah. we're gonna have a meeting um, we're gonna, we're gonna make meeting. it real profesh yeah um cool. but thank you so much for listening get in touch watch some horror mm. and um let's have fun this halloween month let's do it Okay, thank you so much. Thank you so much.